although it's already past October, which is the official designated Black History Month in the UK, we're going ahead with our Black History Month theme. And our guests on this episode are Rivi and Tolu Mayele Taminar, who join us to share their experiences growing up in the UK, their views about Black History Month, and how much of an influence it has had on their lives. My name is Chukudi. Welcome to the Black Side Podcast, a podcast about for and by black people in the UK. Thank you for joining me. As usual, Rivi Tolu, tell me about yourselves. So, husband and wife, I'm Rivi. I'm Tolu. And I'm currently in a career transition. And what do you do? Yeah, I'm a planning and resource manager in a contact center. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, we, so we've been married for year and a year and four months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sixteen oh, wow. months. Con- congrats! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I played that part of asking, um, where are you originally from? So, so my family are from Nigeria. Um, Yoruba, to, to be specific. Um, I was born in the UK and sort of grew up here. Uh, and in, I guess part of that background was visits in my childhood maybe up until my teens um to nigeria uh, i'm sure similar to a lot of people um yeah but in a nutshell that's me yeah so my family are from congo um yeah grew up they grew up in the uk and home has always been london for me yeah all right that's interesting um i I think it's it it's kind of relevant to what we'll be talking about this month actually for a long time Uh, but this month we're talking about black history month i don't know how much you know about the black history month movement in the uk Um, but the the, this month that's what we're focusing on um uh, what do you know about um black history month in the uk and and how how do you feel about it generally should i go first yeah um i don't i don't know much in terms of the history and the genesis of Black History Month. Um, It's not something that has been an information that has found me or, to be honest, I have gone out looking for. Um, But I think it's only become more relevant in my life in the last four years or so. Um, So in my last job, I was co-chair of the BAME network. So Black History Month was something that was celebrated in terms of organizing events, webinars, and trying to get speakers and doing things for it. Before start joining that organization and getting into that position, I hadn't celebrated Black History Month that often. I think maybe one year with a friend, I think we went to like a, an event in um, in the city that we currently live in. Um, but and maybe one or two occasions previously, but it isn't something that's on my calendar every year. Mm. How, how about you, Tolu? Yeah, for me, um, well, similar in terms of um, at least in the, in the UK, and you know, no clue of the origins other than you know it happens in America. Maybe yeah, maybe yeah. we need to learn about some things as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we in the UK would need our own kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So so I don't know where it started or when um i don't remember growing up um with black history bunch of month as a feature of my year um and uh even in school 
you know, again, references to, to US media. Yeah. And uh, it's only really as an adult that um, it's become more of a thing. And uh, <laughs> I will look at I don't know if it's um, right or wrong of me to say, but yeah. um, I haven't really done anything with, yeah. with or for Black History Month ever, really. And I see it happening. But um, I was also thinking why that is. And I, and I thought, I, I don't think, um, I think part of it is also in in, in the UK. Um, I assume for most people, black isn't just black. It's mm-hmm. like, it's African and then more specifically Nigerian. Then it's Yoruba, mm-hmm. it's Congolese, it's I'm from Jamaica, my mum's from Grenada, you know, yeah, things like this. I think that's yeah, so. Whereas for obvious reasons in the US, being black is is the culture, yeah. um, being black American. Um, so uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's maybe that's the thing. That's I don't know if it's the same for others. Yeah, exactly. It hasn't found me. Um, okay. What I know about it, not a lot, but it tends to be a bit like studying black history in school. We just cover US, you know, like Malcolm X and Rosa Parks and things like that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh wait, so you covered uh, basic uh, American history in school in the UK. Right. Yeah, movement. That's it. Yeah. Oh wow. All right. But yeah. no black, no black um British um figures. Did you cover any of those in like? No. British? So history in secondary school, yeah. we covered um black civil rights. We covered South Africa apartheid. I think some schools will cover. We um may do. In the India genocide type things, it depends on the school, mm. and then we also do the Holocaust and World War. We, we, That's pretty we touch, much. We touched on the transatlantic slave trade. Yeah, lovely. I the the um. We watched the film. What's that film called? Roots. 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 Yeah. The, the one with um Digimon. The actor. Oh yeah. And then that in the boat, the, the ship. Yeah, I think that's we Roots, watched right? that. No, no it, was, it, was, it was the name of the ship. Um, mm. I think it was like the first one or something like that. Yeah, okay. uh, it's, it's got the famous name, the name of the ship, and that was the name of the movie. Yeah, we watched that. So we covered translate. Yeah, we, we didn't do. That's the only kind of parts of history we've done, really, but not nothing black British academically okay. at school. Yeah. No, no excellence. Only <laughs> suffering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that's. I think that's interesting, though. Um, the fact that in like. British education systems, you don't even cover the um, black British part of the history. It's mostly from everywhere else. Or it, that's what it seems like. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of what um, Black History Month in the UK was trying to um, encourage. But from everyone I've talked to so far, it looks like that hasn't actually been the case. Um, but so what was um, growing up um as a black person um in the UK in school like for you for both of you because it seems like um a lot of the movement uh black history month um in the UK that is um was driven by young people young particularly African people not wanting to identify with being African so um what was growing up for for you like um, I think growing up for me, we we moved around a few times um, in terms of housing with my mum. 
um, which meant that for primary school, I moved three or four times different primary schools. Um, and at that time, in a particular area of London we, we lived in, there wasn't many Black people. So I, I experienced racism from a very young age. Um, I remember <laughs> there was a boy called Julian, he was Colombian, and he, in year two, he told me he didn't want to sit next to a monkey. Um, so I was always the only Black at school. And then in in year five, when we started going swimming, I remember um, like putting on my swimsuit and then um, somebody being surprised that I was Black all over. Um, and being and sort of that's primary school and then secondary school so primary school was mainly my blackness was a thing Um, but then I think secondary school is when you realize that there was perhaps different types of black Um, that there was Afro-Caribbean black and African black um, and that actually in terms of starting secondary school, seeing other black people, a lot more black people than ever seen in primary school, right. thinking that there's that solidarity, but then also then thinking the solidarity and then quickly learning that there isn't. Um, and that at the time, it's very different now. At the time in secondary school, being African wasn't cool. Um, Afro-Caribbean culture was the defining culture of blackness at the time in terms of whether it's bashment or dance hall, in terms of the music that were po- that was popular, whether it was food, um, music, African music hadn't blown up, Afrobeat wasn't a thing yet. Um, so it was quickly realising that you were ridiculed and said, eh, eh, fufu, um, and mocked for being African, and being African wasn't cool. And even the term Jafakan was a thing, So because you realise that, a few African children was trying to say that they were half Jamaican or some sort of Jamaican um, oh. and they were being called out for it. So, Oh, so that's yeah. Jaf- Jaf- Jafakan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, because you could, because you had people that somehow and all black people became half this quarter, this mm. um, everybody was a mixed of something. Oh, I've got quarter Chinese. I've got mm-hmm. one eighth um, Indian in me. Um, so everybody was mixed something. So just being African and being fully black was a bit like, wasn't a cool thing to be. Um, I certainly wasn't wanting to wear African print or do anything explicitly African. So my mum coming to parents evening or, and just showing overtly that she's African in public always used to make me feel um, embarrassed and uncomfortable um, in my teens for sure. Yeah, for me, um, so growing up black in the UK, mm. um, I like how you broke it down into the like primary school, secondary school. Um, so first of all, uh, over the over the years, especially talking to you, Ruby, mm. like um, I've got I've learned a, a bit of, a more of a sense of like whether it's my male privilege mm. or um, or even like even like my last born privilege in some ways, where like some of my um, or lots of my experiences will be different to even my, my own siblings. Um, partly because of the age gap, the age gap, they're, they're significantly older than me. But um, yeah, whether it's simply being a boy or being the youngest in my family, I realized there's things that like I, I might have just had a great time growing up with um, that other people would have suffered in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so 
I mean, overall, growing up black in the UK, for me, I, I would just summarize as has been okay. Um, so, yeah, partly I think because of some of those privileges, but and and also, uh, you know, some of the memories I have being younger was being taught, especially by my dad. Um, you know, like to just have to have pride. Um, whether it's like walking down the street and to you know to lift up your chin if he sees me walking on the floor, or to or or to actively correct people in saying and how to say my name, mm. you know, don't let them say it this way. Like your name is, and and he'll. So I've been. So I've always had a sense of pride of um, my uh, ethnicity, background, family, my name. Like I've got a really strong sense of pride <laughs> of my name. Um, you know, uh, awkwardly so sometimes, but like. Um, yeah, so so I've had that. So that's kind of been my shield to some things where I've never been embarrassed of my name. It's been annoying. So um, I am jumping around a bit, but I'll just carry on. In secondary school, for example, where, uh, or no, throughout school, where a teacher, but secondary school, you have different teachers, where a teacher might, um, a new one might mispronounce your name or not know how to say it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be ready and I'm waiting for them to get it wrong. So <laughs> I can say, it's Tolu, miss, you know, so I could just, so I could just tell you. So that was annoying but I didn't find it an issue because I'm ready to do it and I know um you know I've also had that teaching of you have to work a bit harder just because you're you you know other kids will have it easier so all that stuff was in in place so I was equipped to maybe to deal with the things probably at a lesser level but the things I did came up that came my way so it just meant um it, it didn't feel like as much of an issue um but yeah I would say um if I was to think back about any issues I've had in terms of being black in primary school. Not really, if I'm honest, you know, I had, um, so I went to school in quite, you know, I think in a working class uh, white area, uh, generally. I mean, London is always hard to say because it's, it's so it's so mixed. You know, you, you could have a an estate right next to like million pound houses and stuff. Um, but it wasn't that extreme. Um, so I had yeah mixed friends mostly white in primary school no issues I remember one thing maybe in year three um this one kid mixed race boy ironically who um he used the n-word um uh, but and, and he was kind of he said it like to me or, or no like at me but not to me in a way and so I remember it it sounded like you know he was copying he must have saw her something on tv so he was just saying it like this phrase like you know, and he said it like a few times, and um, and I can't remember if I said something or another kid said something. But basically, the teacher found out. They told him off, made a big thing like you can't say that. You know, it's really bad, and that's the last I heard of it. You know, um, even the, the kid himself wasn't a bully; he, he was just a regular kid, and yeah. just said that thing. Um, so that's the only incident I can remember in secondary school um, regarding race, race and uh, sorry, in primary school, but in the secondary school. Um, similar to you, would be like you found out about the different types of black, and you realize, ah, okay, everyone thinks um, being Caribbean and Jamaican is cool. Yeah. And obviously, you come up, you're coming of age, you're getting into music. Um, Jamaican music is the height of Jamaican music in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, my older brother, who's eight years older than me, so if I'm 12 years old, he's 20, mm-hmm. he's going clubbing and buying CDs and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I'm influenced by his music taste yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, it was the time where, like we said, Javakan, like yeah, so yeah, having yeah. an African African name wasn't cool. You yeah. know, everyone had a Christian name or a nickname or whatever. But for me, it's been I'm so proud already. It's been drummed <laughs> into me throughout my early years. Yeah. 
I don't even want that. You know? No, no, you, you, you can say my, my, my name because it's um, yeah. powerful in itself. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, and I had a diverse group of friends. Um, I don't remember any particular issues, but I'm, I'm aware that, like, as a boy, that probably would have been difficult, uh, different for me because we probably spend a bit less time, let's say, like, talking and we can bond over, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every day. bond over, like, basic things. Yeah. So, yeah. You said something earlier, though. You said you, you had to work a bit harder because you are you. Yeah, in saying that, I was thinking basically of that phrase. I think it's a popular phrase for, like, first generations to tell their black children, African and Caribbean, you have to work 10 times harder because you're black. Mm, okay. um, I can't remember if my dad said that phrase, but that was the <laughs> sentiment. But basically, um, think things are more difficult for us than mm. they are for um, the English people. Mm um so you know that um and he'll always remind me so i had a sense of like why i'm trying to get good grades you know people ask me who do you think you're doing it for and i might be like um, i don't know you he's like no it's for you so that you can have a good, good life and stuff so i had a sense of like knowing that um yeah just having to, to work harder Carry yeah on. But then uh, putting putting that together, though, like you, you did mention something about um, being from being in a working class um, environment. Um, did that make a difference or does that make a difference? You being black and being in a mostly white working class environment. Um, is there like a does that matter at all? Um, I think class does matter um i don't think there is a better a better or worse environment to be in i think the types of racism you experience is different i think i grew up the areas that we grew up in we lived at the time um were quite middle class areas so the racism, it's the quiet, insidious type, or it's the non-verbal ones, the ones that will cross the road um, mm-hmm. um, from away from my mum and I, or the ones will kind of just quietly just shoo their kids away from mum and I. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody will call you names or anything like that. Whereas I think that my cousins who grew up perhaps in much more working class areas, when when you're not wanted it's a bit more avert it's a bit more swearing in your face it's a bit more aggression whereas i guess maybe it's perhaps that may be the only difference between a working class and a middle class environment they're a bit little bit more one's perhaps a bit more avert with their racism you're still experiencing it it takes you a while I think even at the time, the word microaggression probably wasn't a thing, mm. but you just knew that you felt uneasiness in this environment. You'll get on the bus. <laughs> we used to go to night vigil at some African church really far from home. We used to get this bus, the number 43, um, and just get on the bus with mum. And just to feel, you just felt, even as a child, this cold <laughs> iciness mm. that you knew that, no one's saying anything. Nobody has commented anything, but you just knew from the looks. And then you'll get the look, but then you'll also get the avoidant. I'm looking at you, but I don't want to look at you. I don't want to acknowledge you're there vibe. So you, it wasn't over, nobody ever called us names or anything like that, but you just felt 
the un an icy uneasiness about being in particular environments. Okay, that's that's mm. interesting though. Uh, uh, did you have anything to add to? Sorry, before I go on. Um, no, I'd say it's sort of like quite okay. similar in terms of yeah, no worse or, or better one. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Uh, but moving, moving to more recent times, um, I think, um, Rivi already mentioned, um, something about it, like with the whole growth of, um, a piano and, um, Afro beats and all of that. Um, it, it feels like being Africa, African is more cool now. Um, do you get that impression um you've been here since childhood um basically all your life so far um do you feel like um the way you are perceived has changed in in all that time till now yeah i think i genuinely think if i was in secondary school right now my life would be a lot easier okay. in terms of being african and having non-westernized names um is a lot is a lot definitely a lot cooler and i think that like even african restaurants and african food going mainstream um before you were you even like when people at secondary school asked you oh what did you have for, for dinner like you couldn't truly reveal what you were eating because you <laughs> knew that that would be a point of ridicule <laughs> the fact that african food is available people order african takeaways um the fact that you can say where you're from and somebody knows where congo is and oh, i've got a friend who's got congo oh, i've got and somebody can tell you that they know somebody mm. whereas before it was you know you say you're congolese and then they'll be like oh i've got a friend i've oh my friend's sister's brother-in-law is from the gambia and you're just sort of looking and thinking okay where, okay. what's the Gambia got to do with me whereas now you even have somebody say to you oh which Congo you're like oh you're educated on the subject <laughs> um like the fact that being even in the awareness that there are other African countries outside of Nigeria is <laughs> I mean that university <laughs> the ACS um the Africa Caribbean Society at our, at my university um they the the nigerians were so many that they organized an offshoot they had the nigerian society and they used to kind of go around the library like it's trying to invite people to like the first of october events and whatnot um and then you'll just be in the library saying no i'm not nigerian and then mm -hmm. and then they're having an argument with you be like are you sure go and ask your mother you look like you're from delta state and that and that was a thing like you look like you, you are you sure and you're like why I don't know why you're struggling to accept I'm not from Nigeria, <laughs> but even now the fact that you can be from Congo and just be okay, Congo full stop. Mm -hmm. Like there's no and that's accepted and that's yeah, I think it's a lot easier being African now. You can hear you hear Afrobeats and yeah. <laughs> we went sorry, random story. Mm -hmm. We went to go and view um our venue for our wedding and then there was a dj there's like an open day for vendors there and the, one of the djs there the moment we walked in yeah. we went out. from like cheesy pops and stuff <laughs> from british weddings to he must have seen us and then next minute like Burner Boy Burner Boy's <laughs> and the fact that it was a white dj and then it's like well something about us walked in and you thought how, the fact that a white man can play Burner Boy, mm. we've come a long, a long way in this yeah. country. I had, that was when we looked at each other and thought, this country has come a long way for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I guess 
since uh, we were kids, um, the as we said, the, the cool version of being black was being Caribbean and more specifically Jamaican. And, and now it's African. And I guess due, just simply due to probability, it's Nigerian if you, if you filter that down. But, but as Ruby said, <laughs> you know, including myself, there's, um, you know, less, um, uh, not naivety, but uh, like awareness, ignorance. Yeah. yeah, there's more awareness and less ignorance to, to other African countries. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that's for obvious reasons, you know, like in, in the UK, uh, Nigeria is a British colony, you know, mm. speaking direct connection well, we're, we're most populous anyway, which is mm. more likely to have more Nigerians in this country. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess selfishly, that's that's a good thing. Um, I do, it does make me think, because even that story of the DJ putting on Burning Boy, mm. 15 years ago, he would have put on Sean Paul. So, yeah, yeah, and it's just a shame that, <laughs> it's a shame that there can only be one. In oh, a sense, yeah, it's like, that's true. why can he not, a bit like how you might see somebody from um, who looks like they're from Southeast Asia, and you might think, I don't know if you're if you're Bengali or Pakistani or yeah. whatever. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, but yeah. it's like now if you're black, you know, probably African yeah. because they're the cool ones. Back then, it's like mm. if you're black, probably Jamaican because they're, it's like it's one or the other. It, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that's that's a bit of a shame. But mm. in terms of being African. Um, yeah, it's definitely You've got a bit of a room. Things a bit easier. Yeah. More room to exist. Mm. Um yeah. All right. That's I think that's interest that's an interesting point that there's it seems like there can only be one or the other and not yeah. um, everyone just existing um together. Um mm. but then I think going back to something you said um earlier, um that's about Black History Month, it kind of seems like it did or it hasn't made any impact. To your lives basically um as black people living in the uk um, do you feel like um movements like that like black history month um in the uk or um movements like um, black lives matter do you think movements like that are relevant to black people in the uk i think i think they are relevant i wouldn't want to discredit their relevance just because it hasn't impacted us personally yeah. the only place i've seen it I've, I've only ever seen the impact for example of either one in the microcosm of work mm. it, um i think organizations large establishments are very much trying to be on the right side of history and to be politically correct and to be seen and to be doing the right thing um so when you so you you can go to, you can go you can exist as a black person never cross those two organizations or events or whatever you'll go into work and you'll get an email about an all-star webinar about black history month or the black lives matter you know an email went out when the george floyd died and you're just minding your own business work and you're like oh okay so oh you saw it on twitter you didn't you didn't realize that it was even important to be brought into an organization um so you start to see, you see it in that kind of micro environment of work. But in terms of as a black British person living in the UK, on a day-to-day -day basis, or even in October, I don't think about, I don't get to October and think, ah, the first of October <laughs> Black History Month. I don't think that, oh, there's an event that I need to attend. Yeah. Now, if you're black and you work in a corporate environment, it's the corporate environment that almost wants to be like, hey, you, you're black. It's your turn. It's your turn <laughs> to shine. And you're like, 
I shine every day, but okay, thanks for bringing this to, to my awareness. I think it's more corporate environments that are really trying to champion diversity in a way that I don't think much, because these things, I think the biggest issue and challenge, I think, is because Black History Month are things that are either in the hands of organizations and it's a choice, but it's not something that's organized in a systemic way like local councils or boroughs or government level to almost ensure that everybody's aware of it. Mm. I think it's almost, you can just choose to ignore that email. You can just choose to not attend that webinar. It's more of an opt-in thing. Mm. Um, it's not something that's mandated that it's then therefore can bring about change and education for all. It's something that if you were a little bit woke, quote unquote, or liberal, you might see a nice little link on your work, work email. I think I'm interested, but you can also exist, whether you're black or white or whatever. And just because I know that, for example, like Tolly doesn't hasn't been to like a, a work Black History Month event in any organizations ever worked in. But I'm just kind of like I'm interested. So I attend those sorts of things. Mm. So I think you can be black or white and not and bypass those things quite happily and not or know of them will be impacted by them in any shape or form okay. oh, yeah and, and I'll echo the first thing that you said in that um yeah just because it's not been a heavy feature in my life or career mm. or whatever um uh doesn't mean uh i don't think it has any value so yeah i, I do think there's a place for black history month um for movements like black lives matter um because uh yeah, because it's it's important to essentially for anyone or group of people that like has like a cause, it's important for them to to be heard. Because without them, you know, it's um, because of I guess who who I am. You know, it, it's not me who's at the front of that line. But you know, the day that um, you know, I've made I've made time to make sure I get involved, or or you know, God forbid, I'm adversely affected, which means now it's just more something's more important to me to protest or whatever it is. Then, then I will get involved and I'll add to numbers or or I just will anyway. And maybe for whatever reason I haven't before, mm. it's it's just that reason. Yeah. Um so yeah, there's definitely a, a place for it. Um oh, I've gone some day. But that's yeah, that's the main mm. point. That's the main point I'm trying mm. to make. Okay, that's that's interesting. So round up, um, do you have um anything else you want to add? Do you think people should know? Um, about Black History Month in the UK, about growing up um, as a Black British person in the UK, um, anything else you want to add? No pressure. I think I'll, right. definitely, <laughs> I'll definitely say growing, growing up, the Black experience mm. cannot be summarised or contained or packaged mm. because truly your experience can be... Because Holly and I both grew up in London... And we both went to the same secondary school, but we had very different experiences. Um, so where you grew up, your family background, did you have siblings, did you not? All those things really do impact. And are you are you male, are you female, et cetera, really does impact your experience, your exposure. Um, you know, do you sound like, that you have this accent? Because this, I was called a wigger and an Oreo and a yeah. bounty for sounding like this growing up. So do you sound, do you sound like posh and white, as they say, <laughs> um, or whatever it is? So definitely there is so many nuances and sides to it. They can't be summarized. And 
we might just also exist in a bubble where Black History Month isn't a thing. I'm sure there are probably those who attend annual events and it's a really big thing in their calendar. Um, why that isn't a big thing in our calendar, I can't quite put mm. our finger on as to why. Um, but I think maybe for the next generation, is is this something that maybe when when we have children, would we try and, and instill? Most likely, yes, because for them, they're a little bit, we're acutely aware they're a little bit more away from African culture than we are. Well, what you're saying did remind me of the point I wanted to make about like Black History Month and like movements and stuff. Of uh, yeah, I recognise that. So we are we first generation, we're second generation because the first generation has come. So as second generation, maybe we're not enough generations deep enough, which I think you touched on that maybe our kids or their kids uh, would need. Um, things more than we do mm. uh, maybe we're just not enough de generations deep enough to appreciate um, like the, the black British experience like for what it is without um, without the significant um, involvement of uh, like of Congoleseness and, and Yoruba and stuff like that mm. um, but for the significant part to be black British, if that makes sense. Um, because you know, we we know people who like their grandmother was born here, so now they are black British. Yes, they have their roots from wherever yeah. their grandmother was from, but but actually they they will feel black British and will feel that sense of I don't know, playing for England if they you know, yeah. an athlete or whatever it is, yeah. more so than we might feel that. Mm. So uh yeah, for that reason, um that's needed. Yeah. And um yeah, in Roundup, uh, yeah, I don't know what I can add to... <laughs> yeah, she summarised it all. You don't, you don't uh, need to add anything, it's just like putting you on the hot seat, though, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. I do agree that, yeah, um, what's the, that's a popular phrase, uh, black people are the monolith and all that. Um, yeah, it's true that the black British experience um, definitely isn't um, the same, yeah. For, for all people, or even, even within a single group, <laughs> isn't the same, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and, yeah and I don't know where, where that will go, but I guess eventually we, we will be so, I guess, so many generations deep yeah. where this might be more, more prevalent to more people in one go, um, but for similar reasons, you know. Yeah. So, basically, yeah. so basically what you're saying is that it is relevant to to people to people who've been here long enough that they don't have like a very direct connection to like their um roots mm. okay right. it's, it's but uh almost like that they have more of a strong identity with who they are here mm. rather than who their parents or grandparents were then Okay. If that makes sense. Whereas yeah. I still have that. You say the same thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> say so it the other way around. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's, it's similar like to the Black Americans who mm. multiple of generations post-slavery. Yeah. But I don't think you need to lose your roots to, to feel yeah. that way. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think that's all. And hopefully we can get you on a future episode when we talk about... Um, black identity mostly and all of this oh nice yeah. 
on our last episode about black history month in the uk adi talks about what the idea of black history month means to her and walks us right into our next theme which is black identity in the uk us the community of black people in england and because for me sometimes i do think that's the issue it's like so for example in my work when we went to have the racism meeting do you know what it's like to walk in that room and be the only black person so that's coming up next on the black side podcast this podcast was produced by me chukudibara and our guests were rivi and tulu the theme music was fire by super rare subscribe to the black side podcast on your favorite podcast platform spotify apple podcasts amazon music google podcast and follow blackside.uk on instagram facebook threads or linkedin additional links notes and transcriptions are available on the website blackside.uk forward slash conversations catch you on the next episode